0: You're listening to the Esoteric News Briefs, your source for the paranormal, the mysterious, and the strange. Welcome back, goblins. You're listening to the Esoteric News Briefs. Tonight, I have special guest with me, Natalie McVicker of The Pendulum's Path. Hello, Natalie.
1: Hey, hey, Jason. Hey, everybody. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Now, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and why I have you on the show?
1: Um, well, yes, I am a psychic medium, um, and with all things that are strange and unusual, I feel that that kind of fits right into that demographic. You and I have known each other for quite a little bit, and we've developed a, a pretty strong friendship over the past few years, and you've even helped me grow as a psychic and a medium as well.
0: And it's been a strange relationship, that's for sure. <laughs> there's There's always something weird happening around us.
1: Absolutely, constantly, every single day, and it's one of the deep joys in my life, because you never know what's going (laughs) to (laughs) happen.
0: Okay, so you said you are a psychic medium, correct?
1: That is correct. I am a psychic medium. Even now, it's still strange to say those words, but that's the truth.
0: Now, what does that mean to you? How do you define that?
1: What I define as a psychic medium is a psychic is someone who can perceive or see things about someone or a situation that they shouldn't or would have no reason to know about the person. And a medium is someone who can connect with spirit or those that have crossed over onto the other side, and that includes spirit guides, guardian angels, and other things.
0: Okay, well, we will get into the other things for our patron extension, but first... When did you start noticing that you had these gifts?
1: That's actually a very unusual question to answer because I feel like I have I noticed these gifts a very, very long time ago, going back even into my childhood preteen years where I had psychic experiences that were just brushed off as a one-off coincidence or it wasn't really developed from the one instance. However, my massive, massive spiritual awakening happened while I was actually going through therapy in my mid-30s for PTSD. And my therapist introduced me to meditation and she helped guide me through a grounding meditation. And it was the first one I'd ever done. She helped me visualize roots coming out of my back going into the ground. And I was absorbing white light energy. And after this two hour long therapy session, I went home and slept for a ridiculously long time, probably somewhere around between 13 and 16 hours, I was conked out. And when I woke up the next day, dead people were around my bed. Okay. (laughs) And my my initial thought was my therapist has broken me and now i'm having hallucinations and i'm i'm losing my mind like my therapist has broken me and i i it was very scary i'm not going to lie it was quite quite scary and even my my partner and my friends were telling me over the next few days that i looked different and i didn't understand what that meant and some people were saying that i was glowing even and Um, I started to pick up on things about people that I shouldn't know. And turns out that I was right about knowing these things. And over a few weeks to a couple of months, it came to a very, very prominent realization that I've gone through a very big spiritual awakening and everything that I thought I knew was wrong. And I was being shown the reality of my spiritual experience and what other people experience spiritually as well. Wow. (laughs) Yes. Wow. It was, it was definitely a very eye opening experience. And I did, I did go back to my therapist and tell her, I think, I think I might be going through some form of psychosis. And she asked me to explain why. As I was being, I was quite lucid (laughs) when I was explaining this to her. She's like, I don't, you, you don't look like you're going through psychosis, but I'm not quite sure what it is that you are going through. Maybe you should reach out to a spiritual group. And instead of going to a spiritual group, I sought out friends of mine who walked a different path than I did. And those individuals who walk a different path than me led me to researching the Claires and psychics and mediumship, crystals, Reiki, everything involved with spirituality and healing. And um, it it became very very clear that what I was experiencing was a psychic awakening, and I ran with it.
0: So it honestly sounds a lot like it may have been a kundalini awakening too especially since the methods that were used in your meditation and your grounding exercise followed the chakras up your spine especially with the exhaustion that you felt afterwards that is very indicative of a kundalini awakening
1: and that's probably very likely what happened to me in that moment it was very sudden and quite shocking (laughs) on the other end of it. (laughs) But I, I really strongly believe that this was meant to happen to me or for me. However, people want to look at that. I do feel it happened for me and that this is the path that I was always meant to walk.
0: So let's go ahead and back up a little bit. You said that you had some psychic incidents as a child. Could you elaborate on that a bit?
1: Absolutely. And I do want to preface this, that some of this might come off as triggering for some people, as one of the incidences that happened is not the happiest of situations, if I can put it that way.
0: It's it's certainly good to preface that ahead of time.
1: Okay. So... One of the incidences was I was probably around between 15 and 16 years old and my family, one of the members of my family was going through a really, really hard time with job losses and a lot of other world stressors that even as a family, we were unaware of. One evening um, I was laying in my bed and had what I now know as a lucid dream. And in this dream, I was watching somebody writing a letter stating their intent to take their own life and gave details into the reasons why, how they were intending to do it, what to do afterwards. It was basically a goodbye letter. I watched them print out this letter, fold it up and put it in an envelope and place this envelope in a specific, very specific place in our home. I woke up the next morning. It was a Sunday morning. I know that because I had to walk to church that morning after this dream. Now, when you have a profound dream that is so real, the next morning you want to do everything in your power to prove to yourself that it's not, that it was just a dream. So me and my teenage self got up in a panic and ran to the area in which I knew that that letter was going to be found. I reached my hand between the two surfaces, and lo and behold, there was an envelope. I pulled out the envelope and read the contents inside, and it was almost word for word what I had seen in my dream, and it confirmed to me that this person in my family was intending on leaving us. I pulled myself together, and I ran to church and told my mother, what was going on. And nobody in my family could understand how I knew that this person was planning on doing this. And I had to explain to them over and over again, I had a dream, I saw the envelope, I found the envelope, it's going to happen, we need to stop them. That was essentially how it happened. And there was no amount of rational explanation that I could give to anybody to make them understand how this happened. All I knew was, this happened, I found proof, we need to do something. And all everybody was wondering was, how did you know that this was happening? I don't know. I just do. We need to do something. (laughs) So that's just one instance. And as far as I know that that person is still with us on this planet today, to my knowledge. One Another instance was I was in my early 20s. I was living in St. Louis. My family was living in Arizona. Uh, Middle of the night, I woke up probably around 3 a.m. Surprise, surprise. And knew, knew in every fiber of my being that my grandfather was in the process of crossing over into the other plane. There was no phone call, there was no message, there was no email, there was nothing. I just woke up and knew instinctively, my grandfather is very, very sick, and he's probably not going to make it through the night. So I immediately start calling my grandparents who live in England and in Scotland and all of the family who lives in the United Kingdom. So keep in mind, there's like a five hour time difference. I call every member of my family and it is a Sunday morning, again, Sunday morning. And no one in my family is answering their phones. That's red flag number one, in my opinion, when no one in the family is answering their phones, So my next phone call is to my family in Arizona. My mother picks up the phone and I just said, granddad's going to die. Dad needs to get on a plane and go home. My mother's like, whoa, 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 back back up, back up. What's going on? And I said, granddad's sick dad needs to go home. He's not going to make it in time. And my mother, very confused again, said, did someone just call you? And I said, no, I just know. And right when I'm saying I just know my father's cell phone rings and it is his brother on the phone calling to tell him, hey, dad's not doing so good. I think you need to come home. And then there was probably a good five minutes of silence on the other end of the phone from my mother. And she just said, how did you know? I don't know, Mom. I just do. It's just one of those things I just knew. Another instance that I had was actually shortly before my psychic awakening. A friend of mine invited me to go to the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum for the overnight lockdown the weekend before Halloween.
0: Well, that sounds fun. (laughs)
1: what better time to go to one of the most haunted locations in the area in which you live?
0: Yeah, nothing bad could come from that.
1: Absolutely nothing bad could come from that. In fact, my experience at the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum is what led me to name my business What I Did. Oh,
0: okay. I did not know that.
1: There is a connection between these two events, Jason. Hmm. So... My friend who invited me, we went, um, it was probably like the 18th or 19th of October. And I had called in advance to find out what we were allowed to bring and what we were not allowed to bring. And they have set rules of no Ouija boards. That's basically like their bottom line. Like no drugs, no alcohol, don't bring Ouija boards. <laughs> it's like, okay, great. So I looked up alternatives or ways to communicate with spirit because I had a little bit of experience in it, um, but not a lot. So I found out that there were pendulum boards and pendulums. And I called my friend and said, we could do this. Do you think that they would let us do this? So I called them and said, are we allowed to bring a pendulum board? And I gave them. A photograph, I emailed them a photograph of my idea and how it worked and explained to them and even gave them links on what it was and how it worked. And they said, sure, go ahead, let's do it. So my friend made me a pendulum out of an old brass chain and a big brass key. I made a pendulum board on foam board with puffy paint. <laughs> <laughs> okay, with puffy paint.
0: I'm just, I'm just picturing this as like, Bright neon pink. Puff it was.
1: There were there were there were purple purples and purples and silvers and blacks. <laughs> so I at, okay, least, okay. I at least kept it within the aesthetic. Um, but it was it was the cheapest way that I could create something that I thought was pretty in the moment. And we took it and throughout that evening, we both received some amazing responses through the pendulum and through the pendulum board and through other forms of, of, of communication and divination as well. But the pendulum and myself really, really seemed to click. (laughs) We really seemed to bond and it, it, it flowed for me. It became easy. It was like an extension of my body. It was an extension of my higher self. I did not realize that at the time. I thought that it was just ghosts just moving a rock around on a string. I later learned that that was not quite the case of what was actually happening to me. And I was working as a medium or a channel for them to connect with me, to give me the answers through the pendulum.
0: And you started out with a pretty strong pendulum. Uh, A key is pretty symbolic, especially a brass key. And it's not always a an easy beginner's tool for people. So for you to start out with something like that, that's pretty impressive.
1: I thought it was pretty fun and scary and exciting and all of those cool things that when you've never experienced something like that before, it is exciting. But it really opened up my curiosity to discover what else can this do? What else am I able to do with it? And I left it on the back burner for a little bit. You know, Halloween was over, Christmas was coming. And, you know, that was just out of my head. And then about a year later, I had my big massive awakening and immediately, immediately went back to my pendulum to get clarification, to get answers, to get that connection. And the rest just kind of flowed like water,
0: Now, for those of us in the audience who don't necessarily know what a pendulum is or how it works, can you explain that a bit for us?
1: Absolutely. So a pendulum is essentially any weighted object on the end of a string rope or chain. So a necklace even, or tying a wedding ring or any kind of circular jewelry to a piece of string can be used as a pendulum. It's essentially anything that swings back and forth in a rhythmic matter. The pendulums that I use are crystal based with silver chains, usually with clear quartz attached in it in some manner. And when I enter into my sacred space or go into my spiritual side of of thinking into my spiritual head, I can hold a pendulum, ask a yes or no question and gain a response depending on the movement of the pendulum. So for me, if it tends to go backwards and forwards as if I'm nodding my head up and down in a yes pattern, that is a yes. If I ask for my pendulum to show me a no, it will show me a no. Can you show me a no? please? Can you show me a yes, please?
0: Now, what a lot of people in the audience won't notice is that this is a recording, but she's also, we're doing this with a video. So she's holding up the pendulum and it is moving in specific directions. So like the yes is forward and back, like she said, and the no was more of a spiral.
1: So depending on those responses, I can gain a basic yes or no. And there are other things that you can do with a pendulum too. I use pendulum boards, which are not the same as Ouija boards. It is, a, it is just a wooden board with the alphabet written on it. I connect with my pendulum and spirit. And sometimes if spirit is willing to, they will spell out a written response or a written name while pulling the pendulum towards that specific letter. So it does take a little bit of time to gain a full sentence or a full message. However, whatever does come through, they're pretty short and concise and get straight to the point of the matter, but they can give some really in-depth information into your query.
0: Now, you can also use the board in communications such as channeling for individuals, correct? Like you've done this for me.
1: Yes, I I have done that as well. Um, Sometimes Spirit will come through and even ask to speak with somebody in my audience. They will call people out by name. They will reveal their names and information that is specific only to the client sitting in front of me. So, they can bring up how they passed, they can bring up their names, specific dates, specific symbols that are symbolic just between you and that individual that I would not be able to know unless I pick it up on it through mediumship.
0: So, a little bit of confirmation for this that you have not heard yet some of the pendulum readings that you've done for me, I can confirm as being pretty legitimate because the person you were channeling made the same spelling errors that they did in real life.
1: Get out. Get out of here, Jason.
0: Yeah, and some of the shorthand that she has used previously has come through on the pendulum board as well.
1: That's amazing validation, though, that it is, in fact, spirit coming through. Because I would not be able to replicate those types of errors unless I had known that person previously in that life.
0: And it takes a lot of communication with a person to get used to their speech patterns, their their shorthand, their, like I said, their spelling errors. That is something you know through long-term repeated contact with that individual.
1: Yes. Exactly. And if I've never met that person or spoken to them before, I would have no prior knowledge of that.
0: Exactly. Now, you said that sometimes when you're doing a reading for a group, a spirit will ask for someone specifically by name. That doesn't always come through on the spirit board. Sometimes it's directly to you, correct?
1: That is correct. Um, Usually if I'm doing a live show or if I am in a group of people... I will feel compelled to or solely drawn to a specific person and my eyes will keep going back to that person over and over again while I have a message or some kind of intuitive pickup on that person. And I will ask that person to remain in the chat and I will ask them maybe three or four questions if something makes sense for them. So I will ask them, do you have a person who passed from the chest area between the ages of like 20 and 30, they would be, you know, a sports fan, predominantly like soccer or football. And if those that if those key points are valid for that person, then I will then continue to read for that person and remain connected with that spirit that's with me. I don't always know who a spirit is for until somebody in my audience or group gives validation that they know who that person is and they can confirm those key points of information that I have.
0: Now, how does this information come to you?
1: Information from spirit, I experience it in multiple different ways. Clairvoyance is one of the main ones, which is just a clear knowing. Most of the time that comes paired with claire audience, which is I will hear a voice not outside of myself, so it's not like I'm hearing the neighbors talking. It's kind of inside my own head. However, it is not my own voice. it is a voice very different from my own internal monologue, so you know when you're driving up down the road and you're having an internal argument with yourself or discussing how you're going to plan things out. You're listening to your own voice telling yourself what to do. When spirit comes through, it is a completely different experience. It is a completely different sound. It's as if I am listening to an audio recording of somebody inside my own noggin. Best way I can describe that. I will also get I'll also get experiences of physical pain or physical sensations that will validate or indicate someone's physical issues while they were still living. Or even I will be able to pick up on issues that someone is having as my client, if they are going through physical issues, I can sometimes pick up on that as well through my own physical feelings, and my own sensations that spirit gives me.
0: So like in the example you gave, you would physically feel chest pains for that spirit that was communicating with you.
1: That is correct. And sometimes it can be downright uncomfortable. But as soon as I get that validation, spirit usually lets off.
0: So they're just basically seeking acknowledgement of that point of fact.
1: Yes, that is correct. I have experienced shortness of breath. I have felt pains in my stomach. I have felt pains in my lower back, hips and legs um, that have validated whether somebody has uh, gout or cellulitis in their legs. I have experienced stomach pains from people who had colon cancer or stomach ulcers that plagued them for years and years and years on end. It just kind of depends on how spirit wants to communicate with me and and. Ultimately, it's up to spirit. It's not up to me how I receive the information. It's up to them and what they're able to give me that can validate who they are or who they were while they were still living so that their loved ones can recognize their presence.
0: Now, do you get similar sensations at haunted locations like the Lunatic Asylum?
1: 100%. I have experienced dizziness, vertigo, I have experienced what sounds like fluid in your ears, you know, when you're underwater Mm. and your ears get filled up with water. I've experienced that kind of clogged uh, pressure. I have felt as if somebody has kicked me in the back um, with force, like just deep, deep back pain from experiences in in haunted locations and even in the homes of people where people have passed away in (sighs) that home. And that energy is still there. I've had coughing fits from people who were chronic smokers in this life or just had a constant tickle in the back of my throat where I constantly feel I have to clear my throat because that was something that that loved one or that person who I'm connected with did on a regular basis. So, again, it all, it all kind of depends on what spirit wants to give me. Makes sense. To validate their existence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: If you're doing a reading, you can validate that information with an individual, but how do you deal with that if you are in a haunted location that doesn't have a set person associated with it?
1: So if I'm looking to gain more validation or more communication from a spirit where I cannot gain immediate validation, I will ask for validation from that spirit by asking either an internal question or I will verbalize it outwards and say can you can you make me feel that again or can you give me another sensation like I will ask for chills I will ask for a touch sometimes I will ask for them to touch the crown of my head so that will start to get all tingly or back to using pendulums you can actually use your own physical body as a pendulum to lead you towards a positive or negative response.
0: Ooh, can you elaborate on that a bit?
1: Absolutely, I would be happy to. So, to use your pendulum as a gauge of yes, no, maybe, or unknown response, first and foremost, you have to be grounded. If you are emotionally wrapped up in things, you're not going to gauge a valid response. So make sure that you are grounded. Make sure that your mind is clear. You can meditate beforehand for a few minutes, sniff a few essential oils, whatever it's going to do to bring you back into this current space. Stand with your feet firmly planted, shoulder width apart, and take a few deep breaths and get yourself really relaxed. Start by asking some yes or no questions that you know the answer to, like, is my name Natalie? And your body will intuitively kind of lean forward as if someone's gently pushing you forward to lean towards a positive. If you ask, Mm. was I born in October? And it pushes me backwards. Obviously, that is no, because I was not born in October. If something is kind of like on the maybe side, it will kind of push you kind of diagonally or make you feel wobbly, like you don't really have a good center. And that usually means either you have to rephrase the question Uh, ask it a different way, or maybe the answer is not set in stone yet, or there are other questions that you should be asking instead of those questions.
0: It sounds like that would take a little bit of practice to get used to, but it could be very, very handy in a pinch.
1: It, it has actually been handy for me in a, in a few moments where I did not have any of my divination tools on me and I needed to make a quick and somewhat emotional decision that was going to affect me. And I quickly excused myself, just asked my spirit guides to come through and just, can you just lead me towards the, the right direction? And they pushed me in the direction that I kind of intuitively felt I needed to go anyway, but just them giving me that little nudge led me to make the decision that I ended up making in the long run. Um, But it, it can be quite helpful to be able to, it's a way of learning to listen to yourself.
0: Now you mentioned several times that you have guides that you work with.
1: So everybody, whether you want to believe it or accept it, whatever, everybody has spirit guides that are around them. They've been around them since before and after your existence. They are there to help teach you and guide you and help feed you those intuitive hits that are going to help you through life. It's up to us, Juan, whether we live, listen to them. My guardian angel is my grandfather. I know this because it's been validated through mediumship and it's been validated through my own messages and experiences. I also have a spirit guide named Rachel. Rachel has helped me tremendously in my religious journey. And I use that term rather loosely um, because it's kind of been an undoing of my religious journey. And she has helped me undo some of the religious trauma that I have experienced, helped me to see the truth in my religious experiences, and helped me to accept what my spiritual truth is. I also have Gaia, or who is also known as Mother Earth, who helps me as well. I am hardcore earth sign. I have a lot of earth signs in my chart. I bond very well with nature and animals and just everything that's not human, really. And Gaia has helped me tremendously in remaining grounded and listening to the earth and listening to the energies that are around me and how they shift and move. And I have I have a few others as well, but they're They're still kind of, they're, they're, they're more behind the scenes workers than, than up forward, up on stage.
0: Oh, how do you mean behind the scenes workers? Like they don't necessarily communicate with you directly or? Correct. Oh, okay. That's interesting.
1: I kind of refer to them as the peanut gallery, because if I'm making poor decisions, I can hear all this muttering behind me with all these critics kind of shaking their head going, (laughs) I wouldn't have done that. And I'm like, well, this wasn't your decision to make, was it? (laughs) I was like, if you have something to say, come forward and say something to me. They're Like, no, no, you keep doing your thing.
0: So it's like Statler and Waldorf from The Muppet Show. (laughs)
1: it absolutely is i kind of have like a spiritual peanut gallery that stands with their arms folded shaking their head at me going natalie 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 (laughs) i'm going what 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 (laughs) if you think i'm doing something wrong you can you can intercede at any time (laughs) but i i do have i and i do have a rotation of guides that sometimes i will get them for a few months or for a few weeks that will step forward To help me with a specific situation, sometimes that might be another god or goddess or another guardian or even angel guides that have come through to help me through a really difficult situation.
0: Now this is something that is just now starting to make the mainstream, and it's something that a lot of new practitioners don't necessarily get right away. And it's hard for a lot of people to accept, but there are temporary spirit guides.
1: Yes, there are. Guides are there to teach us for either a lesson, a specific lesson that we are having to muddle our way through in life, or we have permanent guides that are bound with us soulfully through our entire existence and will be there to greet us when we are on the other side. Most often than not, guardian angels are someone that you have a familial connection with whether you knew this person while they were alive or not that does not matter some people have great grandparents that they did not even know about their existence that are their guardian angels do you have spirit guides that will come forward with a name and it doesn't it might not make sense to you that doesn't matter they're still your guide Um, they're essentially Jiminy Crickets they are what help you guide your conscience so whenever that, that phrase of always let your conscience be your guide, your guides are your conscience. They are who help you make those decisions in life. They're the ones who help protect you. They're the ones that give you those intuitive hits when you know you did something wrong and then they pour guilt into you. <laughs> you know, it's, I, 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 they are essentially the Gemini crickets of the spiritual world. They help, they help to guide us.
0: Hmm. So it sounds like there are times when your main spirit guide will call in a specialist for a specific lesson.
1: Exactly. I've had um, when I was struggling to find joy in my life, I had some form of a comedian that would come through and I would randomly hear the most ridiculous jokes in my head to make me laugh. (laughs) And I had no clue where they were coming from. It was like I would have playbacks of George Carlin and Robin Williams playing in my head that had no bearing on anything. It wasn't like I was listening to George Carlin anytime recently or I wasn't watching or listening to anything with Robin Williams. It would just come through when I would hear this whole thing about like let's talk about pears and I was like, "Really? We're going to listen to George Carlin now?" And it, you know, it was just it's it's very silly, but sometimes spirit really does come through to help you in sometimes the strangest and most beautiful ways.
0: I would almost pay to have reruns of Robin Williams and George Carlin playing in my head.
1: It's a good time whenever they decide to throw in a little bit of comedy into my head, you know.
0: Like a lot of psychic mediums, you also do card reading in addition to all of this.
1: That is correct. I use multiple tools with my divination, but I do use what I call blended readings where I use tarot decks and oracle decks runes and pendulum to gain the insight it further insight into what's being delivered to me
0: and you've actually turned this into a profession recently correct
1: just at the beginning of this year i walked away from corporate life and launched myself headfirst into being a professional medium and psychic and divinator
0: I'm sure that was a scary leap at first. Maybe it still is.
1: It definitely is uh, a scary thing to to do is to just trust. Trust is, is inherently hard to do anyway in any situation, but to trust that you were being led away from a consistent paycheck into a world where you were only helping other people. When you work in the corporate life, you're working soulfully just for yourself so that you can have a means to live. Now I have switched it where I'm helping other people keep finding reasons to live, to keep on living, to live a better life in this life. All while knowing I might not have a steady paycheck, but knowing that what I am being led to do by spirit is exactly what I am meant to do. And it's exactly who I was always meant to be.
0: Do you have any good stories about this? Stories that you're allowed to share? Because I want to throw this out to everybody. There is a level of privacy in these readings. It's very similar to doctor-patient confidentiality. Yeah. If something is very private, it's not something that Natalie is going to share as a professional.
1: I can do two. There are two that I can think of that I know that these people are okay with me sharing these these stories.
0: <laughs> okay. So I
1: have I have a close friend of mine who they were actually one of the first people I came out to as a psychic medium. And a few months after I came out, something quite tragic had happened in their life that I was not initially aware of. My friend came to me and explained very minimal information about what happened, but wanted to know if I could pick up on anything surrounding this person's passing. And while I had no clue who this person was, I had never met nor heard of them. The information that I was able to pick up on how this person died why it happened the way that it happened, who they left behind, and the messages that came through for my friend and their family was ridiculously validating. And even as you had said that speech patterns come through and certain spelling errors, there was a specific phrase that this person had said in life that I said word for word. And my friend just went, you have no idea how validating that was for me. And their whole family was so worried about whether or not this person had crossed over and was safe and secure and healthy again, that it was quite literally pulling the life out of this person's mother. And the messages that I was able to deliver to this person's mother completely changed the way they looked at this person's passing completely changed the way they look at life after death. It reaffirmed for them that life actually does continue after our body expires on this planet and that all of the pain and suffering that we experience in this life completely disappears. Once we go over um, to heaven or the spiritual realm or the other plane, whatever, whatever word you want to put onto it, there's no real right or wrong word for it. Another experience that I had was actually quite funny. There was a friend of mine who was a believer. I had connected with her father quite a few times in different situations, not even in a clientele situation, just randomly in conversation, things would come up that were validating that her father was still around her. Anyway, her partner was very much an agnostic, believed in nothing. It was just, we exist for no reason. We die for no reason. There was no reason to anything. Nothing exists. This was kind of frustrating to his partner, uh, my friend, and was like, I need you to convince him. And I was like, it's not my job to convince anybody, sweetheart. But if I can pass on a message, I will be happy to do so if I can connect for him. So she hands him the phone. And within two minutes, I called him his nickname that his grandmother gave him when he was about three years old. And it was a nickname that he had not even told his partner that was given. Like, he had not told anybody that that was his nickname as a three year old. And there was only one family member that called him this nickname. And the messages that I gave him completely shifted his sense of spirituality. And is now walking from what I can see, a completely different path from what he was walking before.
0: Well, that's about the end of our interview here. So if people want to get a hold of you and have their own readings and experiences, like what we've just talked about, where can they find you?
1: So you can find me at thependulumspath.com. All of my bookings and services are listed in there. I also sell crystals and oils and balms as well for those that enjoy um, physical crystal magic and healing o- ointments and things like that. You can also find me on Facebook at The Pendulum's Path as well. Those are my two main sources.
0: And I will have links to both of those in the show notes, so you can click on those and go directly to her. Yes. Well, I want to thank you for coming on tonight and sharing your experiences with us.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Patrons, guess what? We are going to have an extended episode and things are going to get weird. So get ready. Natalie and I got so caught up in our interview that we totally forgot to mention that she made an exclusive discount code for anyone who wants to book a reading with her. All Esoteric Book Club members can use the code STAYWEIRD to get $5 off of a $25 purchase from her website. This includes crystals, oils, herbs, card readings, and mediumship. This code is good for a full year, so you have plenty of time to use it. Once again, the code is stay weird at thependulumspath.com.